0: Has there ever been a funnier performance than Katie Johnson's turn as Mrs. Wilberforce in the classic Ealing comedy, The Lady Killers?
1: Good morning, Superintendent. It's about my friend Amelia and the, uh, the spaceship. Spaceship? That she saw in her garden last Wednesday afternoon. She, uh, she hasn't seen it again. She never saw it in the first place better relieved to hear that. On Wednesday in Children's Hour, they were doing a little play called uh, Visitors from uh, Other Worlds. Amelia had her wireless on. Well, it's obvious. She dropped off to sleep. The whole thing was just a dream.
0: Set in London after World War II, it opens with a dainty septuagenarian widow, welcoming into her home a lodger who says he is a musician. True to his word, he has four of his friends come round with their instruments to rehearse. But, little does Mrs. Wilberforce know, the quintet are really planning a bank robbery, and as soon as they run their job, they make her an unwitting accomplice to the heist. Things get more complicated when she finds out the truth, and they decide to kill her. This inspired premise came to screenwriter William Rose in a dream. One night, deep in the land of Nod, he suddenly awoke, stirred his wife and feverishly told her the story and the second he finished, he landed back on his pillow and fell fast asleep. Mrs Rose was evidently accustomed to this sort of thing because she quickly slipped in behind the typewriter and transcribed what she had just heard. Which is just as well because come the next morning, Mr Rose had no recollection of what had happened and so the hard copy his wife handed him served as the basis of the story. And for that, We say, thank you, Mrs. Tanya Rose.
1: I thought perhaps before you've all become too absorbed, you and your guests might like a cup of tea. Oh, you shouldn't. You know, Professor, you didn't tell me the truth about yourself and these other gentlemen. Why, you're not the least bit like amateurs. You really must be professionals. You're every bit as good. Not quite, though we are rather proud. Of Mr. Harvey's tab. <laughs> and that pizzicato passage, Mr. Lawson, quite delightful. May I ask you where you studied? Well, I didn't really study any place, lady. I just picked it up.
0: While Katie Johnson's performance is pitch perfect, what is really astounding is just how physical it is. The lady was 76 years old when the film was made. And if you pay attention, you will notice that several scenes are covered in single wide shots, each carefully choreographed with every member of the cast needing to hit their particular marks with precise timing. One mistake from anyone and poor Mrs. Johnson would be required to do it all over again. Director Alexander McKendrick, who had begun his career as a storyboard artist, was known for the demanding choreography he bought to his frame. And an example of just how exacting he was can be seen in his very next picture, The Sweet Smell of Success where one sequence has 25 camera cues during which the cast deliver rapid-fire dialogue as they manoeuvre their way about the set. The Lady Killers doesn't have such complicated orchestration, but when dealing with an elderly actress who has to deliver reams and reams of dialogue, there is the risk of her... forgetting her lines. And as if that were not enough, the script calls for Mrs. Wilberforce to hammer pipes, lug trays of tea up the stairs to the gang, and most exhausting of all, carry the cases for their instruments. There is one particular sequence when Mrs. W discovers what exactly has been going on, only for her pensionary friends to arrive in on top of her, expecting afternoon tea. Set your stopwatch and time that riotous symphony of chatter and movement, and you will find that, while it is briefly interrupted by a cutaway, it is all covered in a single shot that runs close to two minutes. It begins with Mrs. W addressing the gang.
1: I am shocked by this revelation, shocked and appalled. And I must tell you, all of you, where's Mr. Robinson gone? He'll um, we'll be back in a moment. Oh. Now well, look, Mrs. Uh, we haven't got much time. We, sir?
0: Corraling her friends into the front parlor.
1: Didn't you hear me, dear? we We'll just go in the sitting room. Yes, if you don't find, I'm sure they'll come by and, by. and
0: then coming back out, this time to warn the criminals.
1: Well, there's nothing for it. You'll have to come in. But please remember this. These are some of my oldest and closest friends. They mustn't get the slightest inkling of this disgraceful affair. Oh, really, this is the most embarrassing position.
0: No wonder William Rose received an Oscar nomination for Best Original Screenplay, while Katie Johnson earned a BAFTA for Best Actress. The genius of Rose's script extends the characters' names. Wilberforce derives from Old English. Wilbur plus Foss a burr denoting a fortress. So, she may be little and she may be old, but this lady is resolution her morals and beholden to the law. In a cliché, she is the immovable object. Her first name, Louisa, also perfectly evokes the Victorian era into which she was born. And that is echoed out in the names of her friends, Amelia, Constance, Letitia, and best of all, Hypatia. And then there are her pet parrots, General Gordon, Admiral Beatty, and Mildred. But these birds are not just sentimental affectations of her character. No, they are put to use and impact the plot, with General Gordon attacking the gang and then escaping his cage. It is as if Mrs. W.'s feathered friends were trying to alert her to the dangers she has just let into her house. Listen to the reaction Mildred gives when the lodger, Professor Marcus, played by Alec Guinness, first rings the doorbell. <laughs> McKendrick carefully prepared that audio cue by delaying the professor's entrance, taking no less than eight separate shots of him, either from very far away or in silhouette, before we finally get to see his face in malevolent close-up. Mrs. Wilberforce?
1: Yes? I understand you have rooms to let. Oh, the rooms, yes. Won't you come in, please? Thank you.
0: And before that, he follows Mrs. W. all the way from the local high street, back to the house and stalks around the garden, before finally ringing the bell. As an introduction, it is more protracted than most, stretched almost to the point of snapping, but it certainly ranks as one of the greatest entrances in cinema. Yes, we wait just six and a half minutes, considerably shorter than the half hour before Sheriff Ali rides out of the desert and into Lawrence of Arabia.
1: This is my well.
0: The three quarters of an hour before the giant ape arrives in the original King Kong. The 65 minutes we have to wait to see Harry Lyne in The Third Man.
1: Come out, come out, whoever you are.
0: The 95 minutes for John Doe to reveal himself in Seven. Captain! Or even longer to encounter Colonel Kurtz in Apocalypse Now.
1: Where are you from, Willard?
0: McKendrick and his cinematographer Otto Heller went to great lengths to hide Marcus's identity by first presenting him as a shadow looming across the room to let advertisement Mrs. Wilberforce has placed in the local newsagent. It is a trick straight out of the Fritz Lang playbook, from 1931, when he made his crime masterpiece, M. There, Peter Lowry's introduction is also by way of shadow, this time falling across a police alert posted in the street. This is the first indication of how subtly indebted the Lady Killers will be to the German Expressionist tradition. German Expressionism was renowned for its innovative lighting scheme, incorporating shadows to convey its dark themes and brooding tones. Hardly the design you would associate with a comedy. Yet, that is precisely what McKendrick and Heller used to underpin the menace the gang brings to Mrs. Wilberforce's little house. And it is Mrs. W's house that is the real giveaway as to the influence German Expressionism had on the film. With barely a right angle in her home, it looks like something Dr. Caligari might have lived in. Everything from the staircase to the walls and ceilings are askew. The banisters are rickety, Pipes need to be hammered before the taps will work, and pictures hang off kilter.
1: If I may say so, you have a very curious, charming house. Such um, pretty windows. Oh, thank you. I'd rather fade the position. I always think the windows are the eyes of a house. And didn't someone say, the eyes are the windows of the soul? I don't really know, but oh, it's such a charming thought. I, I do hope someone expressed it.
0: The 1950s saw the establishment of a new subcategory within the crime genre, the heist picture. Richard Fleischer's Armed Car Robbery, John Huston's The Asphalt Jungle, Jules Dassin's Riffiffi, e, Stanley Kubrick's The Killing, and another great healing comedy, Charles Crichton's The Lavender Hill Mob, all showed a group of highly motivated criminals pooling their intelligence and resources to pull off a daring robbery. It was the first time audiences were invited to root for the villains and hope for the perfect getaway. The Lady Killers employs that structure, but only up to a point. The moment Mrs. W. discovers their wrongdoing and they decide to do away with her, we switch our allegiance and want them to be caught. It's a transfer in emotional identity that would have made Hitchcock smile. Here is McKendrick, who later became Dean of Film at the California Institute of Arts, detailing what was for him one of the most important elements in structuring your plot. Key to it is really that the central figure, the protagonist, must have obstacles, and the obstacles ideally should be personified, but uh, the antagonist is a, humor, a personification, a character who is made to represent those things that stand in the way of the action, the motives and the desires of the protagonist. What is fascinating about The Lady Killers is that it is Mrs. Wilberforce who begins as the antagonist, and yet we end up pulling for her. Which violates almost every principle of dramatic construction. The crucial emotional transition is meticulously measured in the scene where the gang draws lots to see who will murder Mrs. Wilberforce. McKendrick's shooting style very rarely called for tight close-ups, his preference being for elegant choreography within a wide shot. The Lady Killers has precious few tight close-ups, and two of them come in this one scene. McKendrick begins it on a group shot with Louis, played by Herbert Lohm, taking out his flick knife and stabbing it into the table. He steps forward and the camera dollies in to focus tight on a saucer as he overturns it. We see him place five matches on it and, with his knife, Louis cuts one of them in half. The camera dollies back out to a group shot, during which Louis shuffles the matches behind his back. He then holds them up for Professor Marcus to draw the first lot. A cut to the professor mulling over his choice, then pans down to the matches. He selects a long one. The camera pans up to show us his relief, and he smugly turns to Harry, played by Peter Sellers, who swallows hard before turning to look at the matches. A pan down shows the four that remain. Harry's fingers come into view as he nervously deliberates on which one to choose. He selects, and the camera pans up to reveal the relief on his face, and then he turns to one round, played by Danny Green. Again, he draws a long match, which means there are two matches left. Major Courtney, played by Cecil Parker, goes to draw, and McKendrick goes in for another tight close-up. The Major's fingers tremble between the two matches, and he draws the short one. He shakes with such terror, it is as if the gang have turned on him with murderous intent. It all works because the tight close-ups and the camera moves represent the emotional transition, revealing to us just how much these hardened criminals are too frightened to kill Mrs. Wilberforce. It also means the comedic tone is maintained, and any worries we may have had about this dark comedy turning pitch black are very smoothly laid to rest. What
1: are you doing? And who is Mrs. Locksided, may I ask? Where's Mr. Robinson? <sighs> He's... he's out... outside. Somebody took the key. The cello case has gone. It's uh, out there, too. Well, bring it in. I fell asleep. Somebody took the key out of my pocket. I'm very angry. As you have every right to be. It's disgraceful, Mrs. Wilberforce, shameful. Mr. Robinson will answer for it.
0: However funny the film is, it is not without its flaws. On a technical level, there are some rear-projection shots that are so poorly executed, the actors in the foreground look as though they've been drenched in green slime. In terms of continuity, a complete howler is committed when Mrs. W. goes to the station to collect the trunk being delivered for Professor Marcus. Of course, she doesn't know it, but the trunk contains all the loot from the robbery. She has to sign for it and the camera tracks in behind her as she provides her signature. Pay attention and you will notice that inexplicably her hair changes from silver to brown. Yet, that pales in comparison to the sequence that brings Mrs. W home from the station. Riding in a taxi, she sees a street seller completely overplayed by Frankie Howard, mistreating a horse. She stops the cab, gets out and all manner of chaos ensues. Not only was the sequence misconceived, it was sloppily executed. If the film were made today and test previewed, audience research would result with the sequence being removed or at least recast and entirely reshot. I'm
1: so glad you're here. Mrs. Wilberforce, well what are you doing? This love has the, been engaged. So- you mean really to say you know her? Are you letting her walk I'm around loose? Don't you distress yourself, ma'am. But you know what she's done. Be quiet as I'll have you put in charge. She did. Be quiet! Oh. Now you better Don't go home, ma'am. Be, be, be. We'll call on. We'll Wilson, take this lady home. Use my car. And it's a brown hunt, 11 years old, and answers to the name of Dennis.
0: Speaking of remaking The Lady Killers, the Cone brothers tried just that some 14 years ago. It is one of their very few complete misfires. The main reason is because they took the dainty, distracted character of Mrs W and reshaped her into the feisty and fearsome Mrs. Marva Munson, who, played by Irma P. Hall, is much more than a physical and mental match for the villains. No, better off going back to the archives and enjoying the Ealing classic. Better still, if there is a granny in your life, make sure you watch with her.
1: I admit the caper was planned in my house, but it wasn't I who planned it. And I did not plan or have anything to do with the East Castle Street job.